Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast, where we talk matters of leadership because leadership really does matter. Here's your host, Jeremy Albrecht. Hey leaders, welcome to episode 42 of the Leadership Matters Podcast. I have entitled this particular episode, Ending on Empty. And uh, if you've been tracking with us here on the Leadership Matters Podcast, we've had some really exciting podcast lately. We've done a new segment called This Is My Story. The last couple podcasts, we've interviewed some young leaders from across Canada and just really um, intriguing stories. And we've had some great feedback from those. If you haven't listened to those yet, I encourage you to go back. Episode 40, 41, both great interviews. And we've just had uh, incredible feedback regarding those. But this particular episode is just me. Empty, and I want to get right into things. So uh, let's let's take a deep dive right into this. It was uh, a little while ago. I w- recently um, wrote an article on this for leaders across our district, but thought I'd love to expand on some of the things I wrote about uh, on the on the podcast today. So so I want to do that. Recently, my grandfather, at the age of ninety one, uh, went home to be with Jesus. And he has had so many moments prior to his passing where we were very unsure as to whether or not he would pull through. And somehow he always did. He always would amaze us. I mean, we, we know how we often speak of cats who have nine lives. And with my grandfather, I don't know if he was part feline or what it was. But he has lived through so many various close calls, we'll call them, where uh, near-death experiences, where he was, you know, multiple heart attacks and been in and out of hospital, yet he always hung on. However, this time, um, he didn't pull through. But he lived his life with such a strong passion for life, for Jesus, and for sharing the gospel with everyone that he met. Since his recent passing into eternity, it has really had me thinking a lot about just how we end, how we end our lives, our time here on earth, as our days are are numbered for each and every one of us. And I can definitely say with a measure of certainty that my grandfather gave his all right up to his very last breath. I could tell you story after story of even the near-death experiences, but even in his final moments. Uh, my, my dad and some of his siblings were able to be there in those final moments, and uh, I, I could tell you stories of just what happened, what took place. I don't want to do that today, but I just say all that to say my grandfather definitely ended on empty. What legacy will you leave? That, that has left me with the question that I've been pondering ever since his death a few months ago. What legacy am I going to leave? What legacy will you leave as a leader? I feel like as leaders, we often put all kinds of thought and energy into how we start, but we fail to be as intentional with how we end. This is not necessarily an episode aimed at how we finish up our time here on earth. That's not what this is all about. But more about how we end any assignments given to us by God through our lifetime. If we desire to be the type of leader that leaves a legacy, then we must pay attention to how we end. And I'm realizing, I don't know about you, but I'm realizing the older I get, that legacy is determined by how you end and not so much about how you begin. Now, often as humans, we we can often uh, be misled into thinking that we are immortal as humans. But one thing is guaranteed, and that is that tomorrow is not. 
I want to say that again just because maybe you were, were starting to fall asleep already or something, but one thing is guaranteed in this life, and that is that our tomorrow is not. See, tomorrow is not a guarantee for any one of us. So the question remains for us, and here's the question I want to pose in this particular episode today, is this. What are you doing as today's leader to prepare for tomorrow's leader? What are you doing in whatever leadership context you may find yourself in today? What are you doing as today's leader to prepare for tomorrow's leader? That's the bottom line for each of us as leaders, if any of us are ever going to end on empty. You see, ending on empty isn't just about going hard right to the end. But it's more about using your time to prepare the way for whoever's next so they can start further ahead than you did. I don't know if you can remember back to when you started your current leadership position, but you there were some things you knew that were just inevitable that you had to begin with. You had to start. You had to get this in order. You had to bring organization. Whatever the case may be, you knew initially when you started in this current position that there were th- some things to be done. There's some work to be done. So you, as today's leader, what are you going to do to make sure that whoever's next, whoever comes after you, is not going to have to spend as much time on the things that you did when you started? That's what I'm talking about today. Now, let me put a little bit of a preamble out there, and let me just say this. If insecurity plays any major part of your leadership today, um, then you're probably going to have a hard time doing this as you may be secretly hoping that whoever comes after you fails or is not as well-liked as you or has a harder time leading than you have had. And I know none of us would ever want to openly admit that, but if we're to be perfectly honest, as savage as this sounds, this is the effect that our insecurities can have on our current leadership. And it can really mess things up for whoever's next like we're not going to be as apt to be about ending on empty if there's any bit even a small hint of insecurity in our current leadership because insecure leaders will create a bottleneck and they're going to siphon any forward momentum by hoarding their power their influence and their resources to themselves so before we go any further let me just say it takes a secure leader let me say it again. It, it, it takes a secure leader to end on empty. You've got to be a secure leader. If you're going to end on empty, if you're going to be about making it better for whoever's next as today's leader, then you're going to need to be a very secure leader to be able to do that. Okay. I realize we have all sorts of leaders listening to this today from all sorts of diverse leadership contexts. But allow me for a moment, if you will, to refer to the greatest book on leadership I've ever read for just a moment. That is the Bible. All right. I realize we've got some leaders, maybe business leaders, whoever might be listening to this, and maybe you don't have any sort of faith context or background. That's totally okay. But I'm going to refer to to scripture for a second, if you'll allow me to. So who did this well in Scripture? Well, I was reading the other day through the book of First Chronicles in the Old Testament, and I found a great example of this in chapter 22. Now let me give you a little bit of context before I, I dive into it. The context has David coming to the end of his leadership tenure as king of Israel. Okay, So if you're familiar with the Bible, you know this King David is a pretty famous leader in the Old Testament. 
And David really wanted to build a permanent temple for God during the end of his leadership tenure as king. That, that was his desire. He wanted to build a temple for God. Up to that point, it had been this movable uh, structure, this tent. They would set up the tent, and that was kind of the temple, and it moved as the Israelites moved. But David thought, now that we're in the promised land, I'd like to build a permanent structure for, for God, uh, God's house, a temple for him. But God had made it very clear to David that he was not the guy to do it. And that it would actually be his son Solomon who was going to do this. And so upon hearing this, you could just imagine David's probably a little bit upset. Like he has this desire to do this, but God says, yo, David, it's not you. It's actually going to be your son that does this. And so upon hearing this, David could have responded in all sorts of negative ways, like refusing to do anything or just insisting he's just going to wait and die then. Okay, fine, God, you don't want to let me do this? Well, I'm going to make it difficult for whoever it is, even if it's my own son, I'm going to make it miserable for him to do this as well. He could have done that. He could have withheld various materials so Solomon would have a real challenge when he took over as king. Yet David has a completely different response, which is captured here in 1 Chronicles 22, verse 5, where we read, I want to read it for you. It says this, David said, my son Solomon is young and inexperienced and the house to be built for the Lord should be of great magnificence and fame and splendor in the sight of all nations. Therefore, I will make preparations for it. Let me say that again. Therefore, I will make preparations for it. Now remember, David's not the guy to build it, but he promises in this text in verse 5 of 1 Chronicles 22 that he is going to do everything he can to prepare the way for his son Solomon. So David made extensive preparations before his death. Now David recognizes his life here on earth is coming to an end as well as his tenure as king, and instead of just waiting to die, instead of hoarding his power, his influence, and resources like an insecure leader would do, he uses all the power, everything left inside of him. Remember, he's up there in age. He uses all his energy. Everything he's got left, he used to prepare for the building of the temple that Solomon would build. David gave it everything he had left inside of him, right to the very end. David ended on empty. What a powerful story in scripture. Now, you might be sitting there going, okay, what does this have to do with me? Maybe you're a a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old leader listening to this episode today going, what's that got to do with me? Well, everything, I believe, if you're in any form of leadership. You see, this is not just about how you end this life, but also how you end any position, any assignment, any job, any role that you find yourself in. Our job as leaders is to end on empty. Now, you might be thinking, how do we do that? What does that look like in a tangible, practical way? Well, I got three uh, things I I just want to unpack for you. Three ways that that, that you can end on empty uh, to make sure, practically speaking, that you can do that. The first one is this. Give them a head start. Give them a head start. As leaders, our goal should always be to help the next generation, whoever is following us, to go faster and further than we ever did. I don't know about you, but that's always been a desire of my heart. Even with my own kids, I tell my son and my daughters that all the time. Hey, just so you guys know, 
I want to help you go further and faster. I don't want you to be bogged down with the same things I was bogged down as a teenager and young adult. I want to help you go further and faster than I ever did in my life. That's my goal. And that's my goal in leadership, to help whoever's next do the same thing, whoever's coming after me. I want to lead in such a way by preparing the way for whoever follows me so they can take things way further than I ever did. And so, what does that look like? Well, anytime I've ever transitioned from one assignment to the next, I've always done my best to give whoever is next a head start. I've always tried to tangible things like leaving communication strategies available there, um, databases, complete databases, files, leadership systems and structures that I've built and put in place that that are working. I've always tried to leave and and even leave an explanation of how this works to whoever's next in it in an attempt it's always been in an attempt to give them a head start i don't want whoever's next to have to waste time building and creating and developing systems and structures and strategies that i've, I've spent hours on like why would i why would i want them to have to go through that now understand that whoever's next is mostly most likely going to go about things differently than I did and that's totally okay but I at least want to give them the option of having a head start if they choose to take it now they don't have to take it they may say no thanks I've got my own way of doing things and I'm going to completely overhaul everything that you've put in place and all the structures I'm going to tear down destroy I'm going to start from scratch again they have that option that's their right to do that and that's not up to you to debate or to be ups- like that's their prerogative and that's totally okay. Our job, all we can do is in ending on empty is to do everything in our power to give them a head start. Whether they choose to take it or not is totally up to them. So what are you doing today as today's leader to give tomorrow's leader a head start? Remember, tomorrow is not guaranteed. So that's number one, give them a head start. A second way that you can end on empty, practically speaking, is leave it better. Leave it better. Another way we can ensure that we're ending on empty is by leaving whatever we have been leading in better condition than the way we found it. I really don't want the next leader coming in having to waste all kinds of time and energy on the things I had to when I started. Like I just don't want to do that. I don't want them to have to do that. That's going to that's going to bottleneck and slow down the forward momentum that hopefully has been building in my leadership tenure. And so I don't want whoever's next to have to be bogged down with. I want them to pick up right where I left off and keep it going, keep growing, keep building, keep developing. Keep moving forward and taking ground. I want them to be able to confidently start from where I left off rather than starting all over again. So I really don't want to leave everything in life worse than I found it. I want to leave everything I find in life better than the way I found it. Now, practically speaking, this could be as simple as organizing various databases or books in your office or files in your filing cabinet, on your computer, Um, important information from your leadership tenure there, resources, hey, uh, leaving files of, hey, if you need this, go to this, 
or if if you need help with this, this person in our organization is great at that. You should talk to them. Like those are tips. Those are are ways to leave things better than the way you found it. Again, whoever's next may not access all this information. They may throw it in the garbage, but at least you've done whatever possible to leave this thing better than the way you found it. I've always tried, even with uh, my own leadership teams that I've led, to model this and to uh, to help grow our teams in this in this area by you know anytime we've gone and stayed somewhere, uh, it might be a hotel or an Airbnb or whatever. I try and even model this for my own kids. Hey guys, uh, I know they have people that are going to come in and clean up after us, but I want to leave this place just as good or even better than the way we found it. We've done that anytime we've transitioned even out of our home. Like we've gone the extra mile and like filled in holes from from paintings and things that we've hung on the wall and filled and patched and repaired and repainted over. Like nobody does that. I get that. Like that's not the norm. People usually just take down their stuff and they leave and they go and whoever's next has to repaint and fill and patch holes. That's just That's just not the way I'm wired. I always want to leave things better than the way I found it. And I hope you do too, because that's what it means to end on empty. And the final thing I've jotted, and again, this is not an exhaustive list. These are just a, a few things off the top of my head, ways that you could practically end on empty. And so we've we've talked about giving them a head start. We've talked about leaving it better. And the final thing that I want to talk about for a second here is use your power to prepare. That's number three. Use power to prepare. The final way I'd like to challenge you in this episode is to use your power in your current leadership context to help prepare the way for who comes in next. Now, this could be done by using power and influence that you have gained over time through building trusting relationships to encourage your followers or people in your organization or your church or your ministry, your volunteers, Using your power, your relationships to encourage those people to follow the next leader, to buy into them right away. Now, I realize all you can do is strongly encourage as people have their own free will and they will ultimately decide for themselves whether they're going to follow who's next or not. And that's up to them. You can't force that. I get that. And I'm not suggesting that you can. But what you can do is you can do everything in your power to use your power to prepare the way for whoever's next and make it a little bit easier for them. Now, what does that look like today? Because I've got a real tangible way that you can, you could even start working on that right now, regardless of how long you've been in leadership in your current context. And regardless when your time is up, that might be years down the road, but you can still start to prepare the way for that now. Let me tell you a way that you can do that, that I've learned that early on in ministry. When you don't know when the end is in sight, here's a really practical way to prepare today for who will lead tomorrow. One of the most practical ways you can use your power influence today is by asking your current volunteers, your leaders, your leadership team, whatever that looks like, whatever you're leading, to ask them to commit to the area that they're serving over and in, to ask them to commit to the, the area of ministry. So let's let's use an example here because I, I just think it will help clarify and make this a little bit clearer what I'm talking about. Let's say uh, some of you out there are church leaders. Let's say you're leading and let's say you are 
in charge of small groups and discipleship in your church, okay? So that's your, you're kind of an associate pastor and you're leading that currently. Let's say that's your leadership position. So you've got a bunch of small group leaders that you're leading, all right? You call them your small group leaders and you might get together uh, a few times a month or once a month and have leadership meetings and tell, you know, you're, you're giving some training and equipping. Here's what I would suggest you do. As soon as you take any new leader on, you should ask them to commit to three things. Again, I'm using a a faith example here, a a church context, a ministry context, so bear with me for a second. Here's, Here's what I would do if I were you. I would ask those leaders to commit first and foremost to God. Obviously, I think that's a given. They're in a ministry context in church leadership. They should be committed to God, to Jesus first and foremost. Second thing they need to commit to, though, and this is where we often make the mistake, is they need to commit to being a small group leader, to the ministry they're serving in, and then thirdly, to you as the main leader. Oftentimes, here's where we go astray, though, is we ask our leaders, our volunteers, our staffs, to commit to us before the ministry they're serving in. And I think that does the ministry um, ill service, maybe not now, but years down the road when you transition out of that, or maybe God calls you on to another assignment, (coughs) then you end up creating a bit of a bottleneck because what often happens, and I've seen this happen before, is the leadership team then, as soon as you resign or you transition, they go, well, I guess my time here is up as well because I was committed to that leader and now that the leader's transitioning, I think I'm going to take a break too or I'm, I'm going to leave or I'm going to find some other area to be involved with uh, because the leader's leaving. And that can really hurt an organization. That can really hurt a church, a ministry, is when leaders are committed uh, to the wrong things in a, in a not necessarily wrong, but just in a bad order. I think it serves the church and the ministry and the kingdom much better when we're committed to God, first and foremost, the ministry, and then to the actual main leader, whoever's been called to lead that. And uh, I hope that makes sense to you, but that's just a real tangible, practical example that I've found to be helpful in our own leadership, in the various areas and ministries that we've been called to lead for certain periods of time. I remember the last place that we left, we kind of had that conversation as we resigned and, and brought all our leaders into a room and told them of our, our transition. And, and that's exactly what I used in that speech I gave them. I said, look it, guys, you remember from day one, we have always asked you guys to be committed to Jesus, first and foremost, and then to this youth ministry, because we were youth pastoring at the time, we've asked you to commit to the youth ministry over and above myself and my wife. And then to us as leaders, because there would come a day, we knew there would probably come a day when God would call us on to a different assignment. And we didn't want you all leaving and, and dipping on these students the moment you heard that we were leaving. And so I know this ministry is going to be well served. It's going to be okay. It's going to continue to move forward because I know you guys are committed to the ministry more so than you are even us. And that's exactly what happened in that that ministry context. That took place. Now, there might have been one or two or, you know, whatever that, that decided they needed a break or their time was up. But we didn't have this mass exodus of leadership just because we were leaving. And I think that's the way it should be. 
So that's a tangible way that you can help use your power to prepare whoever's next, whoever's coming in next after you to lead. You could use your current power to help prepare the way for them. So you've, you've got some tangible ways now. We, we've talked, again, just to quickly recap, how do you end on empty? Well, you give whoever's next a head start. You leave it better than the way you found it. And you use your current power to prepare for the future and whoever's next and whoever come in next to lead for the next amount of time that God has called them there to lead. Now, this is obviously not an exhaustive list, as I've said before, yet I really wanted to give you some practical ways that you can ensure that you end on empty. Now, you might be thinking, why do any of this? Why is this even important? Well, I go back to the legacy piece that we started with to answer that. Your legacy will outlive and outlast you. So how do you want to be remembered as a leader? You want to be remembered as a leader who ended with all kinds left in the tank. You have all sorts and you kind of hoarded that and kept it to yourself because you secretly wanted whoever's next to fail. Or do you want to be remembered as a leader who gave it everything, everything you had right to the very finish? And that's exactly the example that my grandfather, bless his heart, gave to me and to us as his grandkids and his family. He did everything, he used everything he had, his last breath, right to the very finish line. He gave it his all. He ended on empty. Now remember, tomorrow's not a guarantee, leaders. So what are you doing as today's leader to prepare and pave the way for who will lead tomorrow? Can we just agree, can we just commit to being the type of leaders who end on empty I don't know about you, but that's the desire of my heart, is to be that type of leader who ends on empty. Hey, listen, I hope this has been helpful for you today. And if it has, I just want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to go ahead and share it, maybe on social media, maybe um, maybe wherever you get your podcasts, you'd leave a, a review or, or like it or whatever. It just helps spread the word. We don't do this just for the sake of doing it. We do it because we really have a desire in our hearts to help develop healthy leaders. And so uh, in an effort to, to, to create healthy leaders out there, we just believe that leadership matters so much. And that's why we do this Leadership Matters podcast. So if you go ahead and do that, that would just be so helpful wherever you get your podcasts from. And hey, until next time, remember, your leadership really does matter. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Matters Podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why don't you take a moment and subscribe on iTunes to ensure you never miss another episode. Until next time, remember your leadership matters.